Okay. Booker Tov, we have a uh, limited amount of time, so we'll see how far we get. We're doing the last piece in Parshas Tetzav and Siva Shalom in Islam Rebbe. And he deals with a question which is not his own. It's a question everybody asks when they learn Parshas Tetzav. On this parsha, there are many comments, many questions. So Ramban Hiksha, the Ramban asks, "Madu a parsha zunemar rakan b'sof parsha tetzava lachar inyan big day kuhuna v'akarbanos." We know that in the base of Mikdash and its precursor, the Mishkan, there were two altars. There was the mizbeach, the inner mizbeach, in which the korbanos, the sacrifices, were offered, and then there was the smaller mizbeach, which was used exclusively for the ketodos to offer the. The Adam is back. I'm sorry. The Adam is back for the uh, ketores from the mizbeach for the uh, incense, and the Ramban asks, why is the mizbeach ketores provided in Parshas Tetzave? Parshas Truma was the one that had the dimensions and the diagrams and the engineering of all of the utensils. Parshas Tetzave is about the big day kahuna. So why at the end of Parshas Tetzave is this other smaller mizbeach provided? The instruction, the command for it, should have come in Parshas Truma. It should have been among the inner utensils on the inner part of the Omoid. And the Ramban even provides exactly which would have been the most appropriate slot, exactly where in the Parsha it should have appeared. And in our Parsha, we have the laws uh, governing the detailed instructions of how to fashion the clothing of the Kohanim. And of the korbanos. Really, it belonged since it's it belo- physically it appears next to the menorah and the shulchan. It should have appeared in the Torah also next to the menorah and the shulchan. That is the question of the Ramban. The parsha instructs us that when is the ketores brought by Aaron? In the morning when he kindles the lamps, the lantern, the menorah, and the evening. The Torah seems to link or associate the offering of the incense with the um, smaller mizbeach, with the lighting of the menorah. Why was it necessary for this small incense offering altar to be opposite or face the arm? Here it says before the parochas, whereas the menorah is described as appearing within the Omoid, but outside the parochas. So why the discrepancy? They're both in the same place, so why is one lefne and one michutz? The final question is, why is the Ketoros, the incense, given to us in the context or used with the words Kodesh Kadashim, that it is a holy of holies? So to repeat, first it begins with the Ramban's question. Why is the Mizbeach Hapnimi, why is the Mizbeach HaKetoros, the smaller Mizbeach in which the incense was offered, why are we first learning about it now at the end of Parshas Tetzave? Really it belonged, its place is Parshas Tetzumah. It appeared physically with the menorah and the shulchan. It should have appeared in the Torah with the menorah and the shulchan as well. Number two, why is it linked with the menorah? We're told that Aaron offers the incense in association with the lighting of the menorah. What do the two have? Uh, why are they connected together? Number three, why, when it's uh, describing its relationship to the Aaron, it's different than the case of the uh, 
of the menorah. The menorah says Michutz la parochas, and here it says Lefnei. And lastly, why Kodesh Hakadosh? And Yeshlomar inin apim hashkaz bekliyakar. Levar inin shneim mizbechos mizbech hachitzon mizbech hapnimi. Shem keneged haguf vehaneshama. The kliyakar throughout the second half of Parsha Shmos is phenomenal. Kliyakar is always wonderful, but particularly the second half of Shmos, the kliyakar gives us incredible symbolism. The deeper understanding of all the different kalim, the dimensions, what it means, what it's alluding to, and the kliyakar makes all of from Pasha's Truma to the end of Shmos, relevant and resonate for us. As opposed to being talking about a time we can't relate to, or we don't identify with, it makes it all very, very real for the way we construct our homes, our lives, and the Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, the Mizbech that's in our hearts. So here he quotes and he says, the two Mizbechos, the two altars, correspond with the Guf and the Neshama, the body and the soul. The Mizbech, where you bring the sacrifices, atone for the sins. That has to do with the body. The body, bless you, is distracted, tempted. The body engages in things that are negative, toxic, self-destructive. And where do we atone for it? Where do we repair that damage? With the Mizbeach, where Karbanos are offered. In fact, what is the symbolism? Karbanos are not archaic, they're not old, they're not unrelatable. They're very, very beautiful. What we're saying is, Rav Hirsch describes this also, that we have within us this constant battle, this tension that's raging all the time. On the one hand, we have an animal impulse, an animal instinct. We have the animal soul, right? We describe it in our own vernacular. Your, your room is a pigsty. You're eating like a pig. You're acting like an animal. We have the animal voice. The animal voice says, do what you want. Follow your appetite and indulge your temptation. Don't have any discipline. Don't have any sovereignty. Don't be godly. Just, you're hungry. Stuff your face. You crave whatever. Go pursue it. That's the animal instinct. The godly soul, which is the other dimension that we live in simultaneously, has the capacity for discipline, to be sovereign, to say, no, this is right, this is wrong, this is good for me, this is bad for me, this is moral, this is immoral. So when a person brings a korban, says Rafersh, and the Son of Rebbe is alluding to it here, what the person's doing when they bring that animal is they're saying, I'm here by sacrificing the animal instinct in me. Hashem, I fed, I listened to the animal voice. I ignored the godly voice in me, and I indulged in the animal voice in me. So in order to repair that damage, in order to atone for that mistake, I'm bringing this animal and I'm making a statement to myself more than even to Hashem that I am slaughtering the animal in me. I'm absolutely killing the animal in me and that for now on I'm going to listen to the godly soul. Rafersh describes this for all of the Karbanos. He says whether it's flour, the Karban Mincha, which represents our most basic needs, to the wine libations, the Nisachayayim, which represents men's indulgences, whether it's the offering of the fat. So that he, he goes through each of them and talks about the symbolism of the statement that the person bringing that carbon would be making. I am hereby committed to X, Y, or Z through the symbolism of what we're bringing. So says the Slanam Rebbe, based on the Kliyakar, the Mizbech in which the sacrifices were offered, you'd bring an animal and you'd offer it to God. You're saying, the animal in me, the animal, I pursued that animal voice. I gave in to that animal instinct. I behaved like an animal. I acted like an animal. And so the antidote is to offer an animal, to make the statement that I'm purging the animal in me. So but corresponding to the impact on the body, right? We've contaminated our body, we misused our body, we abused our body in the pursuit of something that was inappropriate, that was incorrect. But that poor choice also leaves a blemish it leaves a stain on our neshama. So on neshama, any chol is chaper b'behem hashem the neshama. The neshama, so you have to you have to purge the animal, benefit, joy, pleasure that you got. 
but you also have to somehow <coughs> cleanse the stain, the blemish that was left on the neshama, and the neshama doesn't, is not comparable to an animal. And that's why you needed the second altar. You needed a place to offer the incense. Incense is purely spiritual. The smoke, the fragrance, the aroma that you take in is not tangible. I don't mean scientifically, you know, at the atom level. But I mean, it's not tangible that you can't grab the smoke with your hands. You can't grab the aroma and throw it into your nostrils. It doesn't work that way. It's something which is a davar ruchni, reach ni choch, kineget haneshama. Mizbech haktoris ha mechaper apagam haneshama, chelik aloka mi maosh, niyasun fredes meakadish barach wa yidechait. So the neshama was distanced. There was a, a wedge that was placed between us and God through our misusing our guf. We negatively impacted the neshama. How does the neshama draw close to Hashem again? It needs its own atonement, and its atonement comes through that which is intangible, not physical, so something which is which is uh, Ruchni, and what's the Dava Ruchni is the Reach Nichach. Hainu Kokli Amishkan Yudam Lataris Kal Yisrael. Kamosh of Kadash Gadash Maikrubim Atara Kadashim Kanegra Madrega Zagavos, Uvechal Yashokan Mataris Aguf, the Ram Mishokanashal Adam Shibukinas Dushokan of Nashem, Shikol Yanichulin Shalayu Kadash Kadashim. So just like the Kleya Mishkan, their purpose, their destiny was to cleanse Kal Yisrael, and the Kadash Kadashim on top of the Aron, you had these childlike angelic cherubs, these figurines, these Kruvim, and the Torah says, they represent the, the higher levels. In the Hechel, you had the Shulchan, which represented the body, that uh, the table of a person. When we eat, it's not simply fressing. We're not stuffing our mouth. We transform the act of eating into a holy act. It's Kodesh Kadoshim. The Menorah, the Menorah illuminated with the light of Hashem. So the incense offering was to cleanse the neshama. It's the highest of the high. Meaning the other utensils were there in order to remind us the mission and the purpose of our body. But the Mizbech HaKetoros, the offering, the incense altar, that was there not to correspond or relate or be an antidote for the body, but for the neshama. And because it served the neshama, that's why it's the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Sometimes we make a mistake where the core um, impact is felt on the body, and other times, contamination of the soul. So sometimes we misuse our body. We eat the wrong thing, look at the wrong thing, touch the wrong thing, engage in the wrong thing, and then our body has absorbed the negativity of the misuse of the body, of, the, of, of using it for a purpose that it was not created. But sometimes we do something which technically on the books is permissible, but it's not consistent with the spirit of what Hashem wants from us. And when that's the case, then we violated the Kodesh, the Kedoshim to you. Our mission to be holy, our mission to go above and beyond. The whole purpose of Torah is 613 ways. All of Torah is a platform for how to cling to God. And therefore, Kedoshim to you, Kikodoshani, was Beach Akhtoros and Yuchel Atachos of Kedoshim to you. Shemichapers and Alam Shalom, Behavigam Shalos and Egerit Son Hashem, this Kadesh bin Mutter. The incense offering corresponded with not when we violate a rule, but it's when we violate the spirit of the relationship. You know, imagine you do something that hurts your spouse. But you say, well, technically I didn't, I didn't, it didn't happen, and technically it was permissible, and within the rules, and I didn't really, and it's okay, I just looked, I didn't touch, I just this, I just that. 
So, yeah, but the spirit of the relationship is broken. So, so too over here. Even when technically you can use a legal loophole, you could use your defense attorney to prove that it was permissible, but if it violates the relationship, it violates the integrity, it violates the spirit, that too needs atonement. And that atonement was achieved on the Mizbeach HaKetoros. When you actually violate the rule, at least you have remorse, you feel broken, you feel bad. But when you think what you did is technically permissible, so then you've convinced yourself that you've done nothing wrong. So that's a reachra, it leaves a bad odor. Like a person who wants to enter the palace of the king, if you smell, if you have a bad odor, so the guards are not going to let you in, they're going to block you. You can't come and have an audience with the king. Like, you'll make it through the metal detector when you stink. If you smell really bad, you can get through the metal detector. But the king's not going to want you in the palace nonetheless. So, even if we can technically get through the spiritual metal detector, namely, we're not violating the rules, we don't have any weapon on us, but if we stink, if we have an odor, if we have the residue of, of poor choices and bad behavior, then, then uh, we're still not welcomed by the king. The incense offering provided that pleasant smell. It masked, it covered up, it removed whatever bad smell you had. So you were able to purge the bad smell and replace it with a, a wonderful fragrance through the mechanism of the Mizbeach HaKetoros. So even the person who didn't need the Mizbeach for bringing an animal sacrifice, even the person who didn't make a terrible mistake with the goof, but nevertheless, if with the Neshama, the person had the wrong intent or a lack of intent, they violated the spirit of the relationship and they were therefore covered with a terrible odor that needed to be purged, removed, covered up with a positive fragrance. And that's why the language of Kodesh Kodashim is used for this because this spoke to the Neshama. The other Mizbech corresponded like the Kliyakar said. The other Mizbech was the Guf. This Mizbech was the Neshama. Next paragraph. So why does it appear at the end? Because you have to begin first with repairing the body, and then you can get to the neshama. First it's the chitzonis, it's the outside, and then you're able to repair, then you can fix the damage from the, from the inside. I, um, I once saw a beautiful interpretation about why the ketores is the answer to the midas hadin. Right? Because the Ramban's answer, he raises the question in the name of the Ramban. Why does it appear here at the end of Tesava? The Mizbeach HaKetorah should have been in Truma. So the Ramban's answer is that once Hashem is drawn down, once the Mishkan is complete, and now He comes down, and He takes a closer look at Kla Yisrael, now that He employs Midas Adin to evaluate the Jewish people, now we needed the Mizbeach HaKetorah in order to save us. The pleasant aroma of the Ketorah is what would stop the Midas Adin, Hashem's strict justice. But the question is how? How is the Ketorah the uh, response to the Midas Adin? So the Ketorah produces a Reach Nichawach. It's very interesting. What is Hashem? We're bribing God with a pleasant fragrance. Here's a spritz of perfume. Here's some positive smelling flowers. God can be bribed 
we're unworthy, we've made a mistake, we say, yeah, Hashem, it's all good. I lit some scented candles, we're all good now. It smells good. How does that work? So it's interesting to note that when Hashem gets angry, the Torah describes his anger as appearing where? In the nostrils. Charon af. And the opposite, right? He has, when, when he's angry, erech apayim, the expansion of the nostrils. So the opposite of Charon af is erech apayim. We describe one of the attributes of Hashem's patience, his kindness, his forgiveness, is erech apayim. So what's with the nostrils? Hashem's got nostrils? We bribe him with a pleasant aroma. When he's angry, his nostrils, his anger flares in the nostrils. When we appease him, it's found where erech apayim in the nostrils. How do we make those nostrils expand? How do we get to erech apayim? Through the reach nichoach. So by giving God a pleasant aroma through the nostrils, that's when Hashem overcomes the charon af and stops getting angry at us. So what is the connection of all this? Why is it the reach nichoach, the mizbech is what achieves stopping the midas adin? Why is God described as getting angry in the nostrils? And why is God's appeasement happening in the nostrils? So maybe the answer is having to do with the very way that we were created. It really fits beautifully with this Kliyakar and the Slanam Rebbe. When Hashem makes Adam, it says, that God be apav. Where did God place our neshama? When He breathed life into our nostrils. He, so to say, the Mikubalim, the Nefshachayim describes, like a glass blower, takes inhales, takes a deep breath, and then blows in the glass to make it expand. Or if we were to blow up a balloon, you can't blow up a balloon with the superficial air in your, in your mouth. That won't make the balloon expand. You have to take a deep breath and push it forth. You take a piece of yourself and put it in the other. Kersh Baruch created us. When he, when he breathed into our nostrils, he blew a piece of himself into us. That's how he got the Tzalem Alakim to begin with. So the Tzalem Alakim, the, the godliness within us, that enables us to live a noble life, to be supreme over that animal instinct and that animal impulse, that peace of God comes, specifically it's described as, how did we first get it? We became living, breathing, animated, soulful beings. Where? Specifically through the nostrils. It's not a coincidence. On Motzei Shabbos, when we lose the Neshama Yaseira, how do we comfort ourselves? Through Besamim. We, we smell the Besamim. Because we've lost the Neshama Yaseira through the nostril, so we comfort through using the, using the besamim. So perhaps we provide a reach nichawach, we give this positive smell for Hashem, and that brings rachamim, because what we're saying to Hashem is, remember when we were created. Remember you breathed life in through our nostrils. Remember you gave us a neshama. So I gave into the guf, the temptation of the guf. I made a mistake. I indulged in the desire, the temptation of the body. But I am affirming through this reach nichawach, I am affirming that I still have that neshama you gave me through my, through my nose. By appealing to your nose, Kiviyachal Hashem doesn't have a nose, but by providing this positive fragrance, which you will imbibe through your nose, I am reminding you and me, we're being nostalgic for the neshama that you gave me through my, through my nose. So, even though I was distracted for a little bit, don't carry out Midas Adin because of the behavior of my guf. Remember that I have the immortality of the neshama. And the Reach Nichawach is the, the clue, the hint, that is the symbol to Hashem of the affirmation of the neshama of the reach nichoach that's still inside me. Gemara Chulun says, where's Mordechai found in the Torah? Mordechai is mar, dror, one of the ingredients of the Ketoros. When there's a midas hadin, Hashem is going to destroy the Jewish people, at least the Jews of Shushan, the antidote, the midas harachamim, is the mar dror, the pleasant ref- fragrance. When you're ready to give up on me, Hashem, don't forget, I have a neshama. 
don't give up on me. I have an ashama, I have capacity, I have capability. Just because you've seen me behave by indulging the goof, don't give up on me. I still have an ashama, and I'm going to nourish that ashama. And I remind you of that ashama through the reach nichawach, which is the way that you first gave it to me.